Hello, I'm Peter Laws, and this is a sermon-only episode of the Creepy Cove Community Church podcast. If you'd like to hear the full church service, complete with strange comedy, special guests, and notices like you've never heard before, then all the shows are available for free. Just visit creepycove.com to find out more. But if you just want to hear a sermon, a time of quiet reflection, and a song, then this is for you. I'd be grateful if you could check out patreon.com forward slash creepycove to find out how you can support the show and get lots of exclusive member benefits. But for now, I'll shut up. Here's your sermon. Thank you very much, Rupert, and also to Mr. Spuggy. Uh, We're going to get started straight away by diving into this service's sermon. Let me get started by saying this. There is a song that has been described as the most optimistic song ever written. It was actually uh, written during World War I to help the troops stay positive, but it continued into World War II. And maybe you may have even heard it in Creepy Cove, but it's a song that seems to have kind of enthused people when they were in tough times. And the song is called, famously, Pack Up Your Troubles. You heard that one? So the song goes like this. What's the use of worrying? It never was worthwhile. So pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. Well, despite a few tricky lyrics, it's a nice enough song. Kind of makes an intriguing point at the end. Uh, What is the use of worrying? It never was worthwhile. So that even in the midst of of the horror of war, right, this song was supposed to remind people to stay positive, which is a nice message, I guess. But um, got a question. Do you find that easy when life gets uh, stressful and uh, worrying? Can you just like listen to a little happy-go-lucky tune and throw all your worries away? Well, I'm afraid it's not that easy, is it, uh, for most of us? In fact, there's a terribly tragic story behind that song which shows that it really is not easy. In 1942, Felix Powell, who wrote the happy melody that we've just sung to pack up your troubles, Um, He dressed himself in the uniform of the Peace Haven Home Guard and he shot himself through the heart with his rifle. Yeah, there came a point for him where his kit bag just wasn't big enough to hold all his worries. And so, I want to talk to to you about worry tonight with realism, with that sense that, uh, you know, our worries can get really great and can get on top of us. And so we want to try and work out how can we deal with those things. And right at the very start, by the way, I want to make a massively important distinction. There is like a huge difference between general worry and clinical depression or anxiety. You know, I, I, when I talk about dealing with worry uh, this evening, I'm, I'm, I'm really talking more about like general feelings of, of, of worry and stress. Um, Clinical depression is completely different and um, that requires medical support. And I say that just because I've sadly met some Christians who seem to think that if someone has depression, they can just pray or, you know, read the Bible or something or listen to a happy worship song. And then if they think positively, it will vanish. Well, that's not good advice. Um, it also ignores the, the simple fact that if God exists, maybe he can uh, help us through science and medicine. So why ignore that? So yes, please do understand. If you suffer from clinical depression or anxiety, then I have no expertise on that topic and I will need to bow to your wisdom on that. But what I do have expertise in is worry, you know, of letting things get under your skin and of finding myself distracted from kind of getting the best out of my life because I'm concerned and sometimes overly concerned with things that sap my energy. And that's the sort of stuff I want to look at uh, this evening. Now, this stuff, worry, is everywhere in the world, and it's a major problem for some of us. 
And I think it's a bit rich to assume that we could just pack it away and ignore it. What are you worried about today? Your health? Your job? Your bank account? Your looks? Some of us might be worried about that sort of thing. Catch a glimpse of ourselves in a mirror and go, oh no. Maybe you're worried about the state of the world. Maybe you have a secret worry that is burning a hole in your heart. Uh, Maybe you have some serious situations. You're facing prejudice or you're facing unfair treatment or bullying. You may have many, many things to be rightly worried about. And maybe you're living in a constant state of worry because there's a lot to worry about in this world. And everyone does worry, including me. It's not like when you become a Christian or indeed even a church minister that you enter a special category of humanity. Uh, No, um, Christians are not taken to a specialist church hospital where their worry cortex is removed. No, they are worried just like everybody else about all sorts of different things. And so I, I do hope that's the first encouragement to say that when you worry, you are not alone. You might think you are. You might be listening to my voice now thinking that you are the only one in the room who is struggling with that specific issue. And, you know, you might find that there are others who are just very good at hiding their worries. Maybe they want to appear confident and so they don't let it out. But there are plenty of people who you would have no idea that when the door closes that they also shiver at night with sometimes the heavy drag of worry. In fact, 38% of people say they worry about something every single day. So it's an absolute real factor of our lives and it affects us. But if we let worry take over us, take hold of us, it can really sap the energy and turn the colors down of our life. And so in this passage, Jesus uh, tries to address this and tries to explore how we can deal with worry. And the first thing to say is that he, he tells us to look out for it. I mean, if you're walking down the Creepy Cove High Street and you take your foot off the curb, about to step into the street and someone like shouts, look out! It's a pretty good idea to take that seriously there and then because there's a 58 Plymouth Fury called Christine hurtling down the street on fire and she's about to run you over. So you pay attention to that stuff then, you don't wait till later. I reckon Jesus says this with a kind of sense of urgency about it. I think he sees this as important. His words come from his famous Sermon on the Mount, which uh, some scholars think it was like one long sermon that Jesus preached, or maybe it was a collection of all of his scattered sermons, like knitted together in a kind of Jesus' greatest hits. Who knows? But the point is the content. And in this sermon, he talks about some pretty major topics. Divorce, for example, gets two verses in the Sermon on the Mount. Murder gets uh, five verses. These are um, pretty significant uh, subjects. But the topic of worry gets nine verses. And if you look at the sermon on a whole, it's more like kind of 21 verses which are about this subject. So I don't think like this this is like Jesus slinking up with a kind of take it or leave it YouTube tutorial with ukulele music playing while he says, hi guys, just let you know, you know, it might be nice if you worried a little less. Now let me show you how to make slime. No, I think, I think it's a bit of a stronger approach. In fact, in verse 25, he says, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And he uses the same phrasing as he does with the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Like when he says, do not murder, it's the same phrasing. So why is he so strong in this? Well, I think he realizes that worry has the power to, um, you know, suck all energy out of our life and can tear us in two different directions. 
So let's have a slightly closer look at what he's saying here. And remember that when we read the New Testament in English, it was based on the original version, which came to us in Greek, and you can lose things in the translation. And it can be sometimes helpful to check what the original Greek text says, because then you can get the nuance of the words and not get confused by the modern English words. An example of this actually would be, do you just spot the bit where it says, um, when Jesus says the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that, that you need them. Again, um, the English translation uses this word pagans, which might make us think of, some people might think uh, people who follow the spirituality of paganism. I've got friends who do that. Or people might think, oh, pagans is a kind of derogative term. But actually the original Greek simply just means the Gentiles or people who are not part of the Jewish faith. So while the English translation has this, I think, a loaded term like pagans, <laughs> um, it's it's kind of like, you know, the, the Gentiles, the people who are not part of that uh, kind of Jewish tradition or faith. So the main word though that I want to look at is obviously the word for worry, because that's the one we're talking about. And um, when you look at the original Greek translation of what Jesus said that day, um, they use the word meron meneo, which actually is a very interesting word, because on one level, it does, it's not so much like about general worries, but it's more about when we let intense worry distract us or, um, you know, uh, control us. I think this distinction is very important because you could easily read Jesus' words here thinking that we're not allowed to worry about anything. You know, like if you've got a driving test tomorrow or um, you've had some worrying news from the doctor or maybe your daughter has just brought a little doll home called Annabelle and it keeps staring at you, it is fair enough that you should worry in, about certain situations in life. So I don't think you're committing a sin or something for being concerned about things. Worrying is sometimes a natural and correct response to life. But he, but Jesus is talking about this thing called Meron Meneo, which is actually a bit more specific. It's about when we become so distracted and fragmented by our worries that our lives become kind of difficult and totally unfocused. And I think that's what worry, this type of worry does. It's when we get distracted from living our life. And being distracted is incredibly annoying. You know, you're watching, you know, a great horror movie on TV and your kids come walking in going, why is her head spinning? You know, you're like, go away. I'm trying to watch this film. And also you probably shouldn't be watching this. Mind you, I watched The Exorcist pretty early, but anyway, I digress. But what I mean is distraction is irritating, isn't it? But distraction isn't just irritating. It's dangerous if what you're doing is important. Like, I don't know, like flying a plane or driving a car. Apparently, in the UK, 650,000 people crash their cars every year because bees, wasps, and flies get into the car with them. So distraction can be dangerous. So tell me, is your life important? Actually, don't answer that for now, because despite what you might think, I just I believe it is important. Right? You, know, you might not think it, but I believe it, your life is very important and very much valuable. So I think that's why Jesus has the urgency. Because he's saying, you know, like, like your life matters. And so I don't want you to miss out on what a cool life you, you have or what a cool potential that you have and what a wonderful person you are by losing track. So that's what I think worry does. Merimaneo does. It has this habit of buzzing around our head and sort of sapping the energy from our life. It keeps us awake at night. It keeps us, we're gripping the duvet as it drones on like a wasp smacking against the pane of glass at the window. It fragments us, it distracts us, and stops us living our life to the full. And so uh, to help us, Jesus starts to point to things that have an unfragmented view of the world. Did you spot that bit? When he says to look out in a more literal sense, 
He points to the birds and the flowers, yes, in verse uh, 26. When I first read that, I thought, wow, he's being like super random. You know, like if you're having a conversation where someone's talking about something deep and then you go, wow, look at that cow over there. Isn't that cool? And at first I thought he was just being random, but actually when I think about it, it's actually very profound. In the midst of this discussion of worry and distraction, he points to nature. Because I think that's the great thing about nature, birds and flowers and the grass. They have like a great focus. They kind of stick with the plan for their life. When was the last time you saw a starling or a swift crying on a street corner because they couldn't ride a bike? (laughs) It doesn't really happen because birds and flowers and grass are beautifully unfragmented. They do what they were designed to do. They fly and grow. There's this kind of wonderfulness about the simplicity of their lives. And yet we humans are very complicated by comparison, often because we allow our focus to be so fractured into so many different things. And we expect to be everything to all people. Some of us lie there at night worrying about all sorts. Some people just worry about they can't afford the latest iPhone or gadget because, you know, that's what you need. I must have that to be a full person. Or we toss and turn, reliving conversations because we're convinced that there was a disaster there of some sort. We said something wrong or someone said something offensive to us. We go over and over it. We scroll through Instagram or Facebook or whatever thinking, oh, I need to be more like this. I need to be more like that. It's almost like the scene in The Stepford Wives, the original, where one of the robot wives has a kind of overload after being stabbed. And she's stumbling around in her kitchen and she's saying, I just want to give you coffee. I thought we were friends. I just want to give you coffee. I thought we were friends. And, and you're just thinking, oh my word, she's like falling apart and she needs help. And she's kind of fixated on trivia when actually she has really serious problems and it's all just coming together and her mind is all over the shop. It's, it's, it's like horrible, but it's a great example of Merimaneo, what this distraction can do to us. And I just wonder, is that you at the moment? Like, do you feel like you're kind of bouncing around in distress and being pushed from one side to the other? If so, oh man, like, it's horrible. I just totally hear you and it's, it, it sucks and it's, it's crap. And I, and I just know what it's like. And I just want to encourage you to check. Like, are you stressed over things that really matter as much as you think? Now, maybe you are, and you've got to say that. You know, you might be facing absolutely legitimate worrying things from health problems to financial challenges to shocking situations of prejudice or unfairness or bullying. So, you know, I get that. Those are quite legitimate things to worry about. But sometimes we also pile in all of these other things that actually are not absolute essentials, but we put them into the soup that make us worry. Let me just say that I've lost a surprising amount of peace of mind in my life where I've been wrestling with things that I now realize were not such a big deal. Jesus, on the other hand, comes and says in the midst of this discussion that we should look to nature and be inspired, especially because God cares for nature and looks after it. Basically, I think he wants us to be inspired by the undistracted personality of nature and to model that in our lives. Uh, And we need to, in a sense, kind of remind ourselves and work out who we are and what we're meant to be doing in the world and what we don't have to be doing in the world. I think so much of our stress comes, right, from when we try to become like a mythical version of ourselves, when we try to kind of live up to what other people think we should be like. The birds and the plants, they just discover their identity and they focus on that and they are free to be that. And as long as we strive to be something we're not, 
we become fragmented and we lose peace. So when Jesus comes in to tell us uh, not to worry, he just I just don't think he wants us that for our lives because he values our lives and our lives are valuable, therefore. And so he wants us to get the best out of it. And of course, like I always say here at Creepy Cove, even if you're not religious or believe in God and faith and stuff like that, it doesn't really matter in a sense. You know, you could push all of this religion stuff aside. I still think human beings are valuable and um, and look for meaning and, and peace in their lives and excitement and adventure and all those sorts of stuff. And worry does simply have this way of, of pulling that energy down, which is annoying, heartbreaking, and can sometimes ruin our lives. And so in the midst of this, uh, through Jesus' words, or just, you know, in your own heart, be encouraged that you're not alone in your worries. In fact, some of you might be really shocked and amazed uh, at how many people are going through the exact same silent struggles as you are. Heck, even even Jesus himself gets so stressed at one point, right, in the, in the Gospels that the night before his crucifixion, he's so stressed out that the Bible says that he sweat blood. Can you imagine that? So incessant worry is a factor in our lives to one degree or another. Some people don't worry that much. Some people worry a lot. And it has the power to distract us from getting the best out of our life, our relationships, our work, our creative pursuits, our our leisure. And so perhaps we should be inspired to look at the focus of nature and see if we could focus on us being us for a change and not trying to be something that everyone else says we ought to be. Well, to help that sink in, uh, we're going to have a short time of prayer and meditation, and it's my pleasure to invite John Russell, Mary Henry, and also Emily is going to join in with guitar. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Again, if you want to skip this sort of bit, do feel free, but you might find it a helpful way of... I've just taken some time out to to think. Okay. So just spend a moment in quiet wherever you are. Slow down. And start to pay attention to where you are. Look around yourself. Perhaps you're at home or in the car or out and about. Doesn't matter. Wherever you are, slow down and really look. Now I want you to imagine all the other people who have shared this exact same space as you. People who have been in this room or walked this pavement or this trail. Not only now, but in the past and in the future. There have been many, many more people in this space than just you. And with all those people in mind, let's pray. God, we want to thank you for every single person who has ever been in this current space where I find myself and for everyone who ever will be in the future. Because we know that each one of those people, including ourselves, are complex human beings with great dreams and various opportunities, but also we are people with worries. We might never know what worries have floated in the heads of the people who've been 
in this space. But we know that if they're human, they would have had that buzzing distraction of worry throughout their lives in one degree or another. Just like we have it, perhaps right now. And so in this space we find ourselves in, can you firstly give us a sense of connection and solidarity with every other human being who may have appeared like they had it all together, but actually were racked with worries that we did not know about. We pray for anyone who's stressed tonight or anxious, and we pray for you, Danny. For ourselves, if that's us, we pray for anyone who's struggling with their mental health. Pray you'll bring the right sort of help at the right time from doctors or friends, from culture, from our faith or indeed from our non-faith. Whatever we value, just let that speak to us with encouragement. And help us when we struggle to focus on the path ahead, on our path. And help us not get distracted by the negative. And so we look at this space again Look around yourself again, at the tree, the chair, the steering wheel, the desk, the bed, the bath, the window, the bird. Help us to be inspired by the things we're looking at right now. Thank you that this chair doesn't get stressed because it isn't a desk. Thank you that that tree over there has confidently been focusing on being a tree for many years. God, would you help us to be inspired by the simple focus of creation and help us to get better at recognizing Merimaneo and in the coming weeks and months and years, guard us from distraction so that our hearts might be calmed. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening uh, to that. I hope you found that interesting or helpful. And of course, if you didn't find it interesting or helpful, that's completely fine. Um, and by the way, if you ever hear me say words like creation or stuff like that, you know, if you don't believe in God, then you know, just ignore that sort of thing and just see a tree as a tree. Uh, but yeah, just pointing that out. Right, well, we come to the end of our service now, and so it's my pleasure to invite the band up, and they're going to play for us a song which they have composed specifically for this service, which is about uh, distraction. I think it's called distraction. So those guys are going to come up now, and um, what? Pardon? Yeah. What? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Check this out, right, everyone? Danny Arda is going to join the band because she's brought her guitar with her. You remember that kind of 80s guitar stroke keyboard that she bought at that eBay thing once. This is cool. Are you going to play? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. That's yes. not completely ruining your guys' plans. Whoa, no way. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we now hand over then to the band featuring Danny on guitar. And the song's called Distraction. Is for you to speed to the 
listening to this sermon only edition of creepy cove community church podcast you can find more sermons but also full services as well if you wanted to check out creepycove.com remember support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash creepy cove or visit creepycove.com and sign up to the peter laws newsletter so you can stay in the loop have a great week take care